Hi, and welcome to The Point Being, the Arizona Daily Star's opinion page podcast. I am Sarah Garrett-Gasson, the opinion editor at the Arizona Daily Star. I'm here with Edward Salaya. How's it going, folks? Who's our opinion writer and podcast producer. And then, of course, David Fitzsimmons, who is back from a lovely vacation in Wisconsin. Hello, Arizonans. <laughs> so how was Wisconsin? Oh, it was beautiful. It was green, and I ate lots of cheese, and I learned about, oh, this team in a place called Green Bay. They pack freight, I think. I'm not sure what they do. They throw hmm. footballs around. Footyball, eh? Yeah. Had a great vacation. A, what, a, such a great escape. For the first time in 20 years, I watched a baseball game on television. Wow. Oh, my gosh. From beginning to end. Were you asleep? What? I was wide awake. What? I was riveted. Bottom of the eighth. Hater takes the mound. Oh, the Diamondbacks were in trouble, I'm telling you. <laughs> it was a great vacation. Excellent. I, I'm glad you're back, but I'm glad you had a fun time. I did. Cool. So uh, we are gathered here today to discuss uh, several things. Uh, I think first on our list is the CNN... I'm just going to call it multiple gatherings of Democrats, not really a debate because it wasn't a debate. It was more of a I, uh, people together trying to being baited into criticizing yeah. each other. It was odd. I don't know. Ed, Edward, what do you think? Well, they uh, they definitely valued the uh, um, confrontation uh, as opposed to MSNBC's take on uh, Democrats about a month ago. Uh, there were points in the first evening where I felt like that, oh, okay, cool. I, I kind of do want to see what what the difference is here and what policies uh, might be a little bit different between Warren and Bernie. But they ended up teaming up uh, and kind of uh, taking on all comers from the uh, the moderate side, the moderate wing of the party. And then uh, in day, day two, it kind of devolved into a 1v1 fest and then one versus two, Biden versus everybody. Uh, I think that a lot of substance and a lot of actual communication with voters was lost in just uh, kind of unnecessary back and forths. Um, I know you played the Kool-Aid kind of clip before this. Uh, I think that it gave people good sound bites that might do them well uh, in, uh, in trying to get into this third debate because now it's all about getting in, uh, meeting these new standards to get into the debates now. Smaller numbers. Uh, yeah, right? yeah, they're gonna they're gonna need a little bit more support. But uh, I think as far as me as a voter, I don't think I learned too too much about the candidates and their actual positions last night. I just learned how they're different from each other and why. Cory Booker is not uh, Joe Biden. That's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah, well said. <laughs> um, I found it fascinating to watch uh, the Democrats have a conversation with themselves about what direction they want their party uh, to take. And I discovered that I am a uh, pragmatic progressive, mm-hmm. that I really can't find myself being comfortable with Warren or Sanders, as much as I agree with their wonderful policy ideas, I can't see my uh, fellow voters in Heartland America uh, finding any resonance with uh, their wonderful ideas. And that's why I believe in incrementalism. So I look to people like Klobuchar or uh, Mayor uh, Buttigieg and uh, folks like that to carry that torch forward. It was curious to me that first night when you we were mm-hmm. talking about Warren and Sanders being picked on, it's like, who were all those white guys in suits? <laughs> Who were they? They like, just kept popping up and yapping. There's another one. There's yeah. another one. Yeah, Tim Ryan from Ohio. 
looked perpetually surprised to be there. Like, yeah. whoa, here I am. How did I end up on a stage with nine other people under these bright lights? But yeah. I will say, I thought he made some good points. Mm-hmm. Really good and points. Um, I think he is someone from Ohio, which is a really important state um, electorally. And I think it's it's kind of easy to dismiss all the other white guys because we don't know who they are. Right. And we're just they using blend that in. Yeah. generically. Yeah. Um, they, uh, to be fair, they all kind of are generic. But, I, but that does sort of, uh, the first evening was were all um, Anglos, mm-hmm. white people, right. uh, with uh, Elizabeth Warren and Amy Klobuchar. But oh, then, the Native American. Uh, yes. Um, Santa Warren. Uh, <laughs> Republican talking points. But the right. next night, um, it was the people of color. It was, I don't know that that was on purpose huh. or if the strong, it seemed like the A team was the second night. Yeah. And so maybe that's just how kind of it shook out. But I, I noticed that 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 struck me mm-hmm. was just, just watching it. And the conversation was a lot more interesting on the second night. Oh, what was. we could get from it. I yeah, I I, I somewhat agree with that. Um, just to Dave's point I, uh, of, of incrementalism, I think that you're right. That if the Democrats do come out with one of the more liberal or left wing candidates, whether it's Warren or or Bernie that's leading the ticket here, um, they're going to have to get folks in the Midwest in the Beltway to swallow a lot of yeah, heavy pills, big pills. Reagan here. Democrats. Yeah. And I think that it would behoove them to kind of focus on one thing, whether it be the Green New Deal or Medicare for All. Uh, all of these things at once become a tsunami for people that yeah. view those sort of policies yeah. as socialism. So, so who's going to be the voter in the primary? I mean, we're, we're talking about a Democratic primary, true. which is the party, mm-hmm. uh, registered Democrats, yeah. choosing yeah. Uh, among themselves who they want their candidate to be. And I am I was upset last night when Kirsten Gillibrand brought up the op-ed that Joe Biden, I guess, wrote in the early 80s about uh, something oh. to do with, like, you know, women having... Women having in the workplace. Yeah, yeah but... but I read some more about it, and basically his argument was that um, whatever the federal bill was that was being discussed, he thought it shouldn't go to people who can afford, families that can afford to have Mm -hmm. a parent stay home, whether it's the mom or dad. But just the idea that bringing that up from, you know... Literally 40 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then... In a time where, and I think Cory Booker addressed this very well, the Democrats are facing a real anti-woman, misogynist, racist person in the White House who will be the candidate in 2020. I thought that trying to bring this back, and Biden should have handled it differently, although, I mean, it was pro- it seemed like it was one of these things um, brought back that he didn't. Uh, immediately didn't re- re- immediately yeah. recall right. because, yeah you know i've written stuff that i go back and like oh i wrote that yeah i guess i did mm-hmm. um but your endorsement of income that <laughs> yeah it happened um but i don't know what do you guys think about that it just seemed to be 
to to launch that kind of attack against Joe Biden just well, doesn't seem very smart politically. Well, uh, two thoughts. Number one, it it seems uh, it's very opportunistic. It's still very early in the campaign, and I think lesser candidates are trying to establish their wider presence simply by knocking down a front runner, mm-hmm. as in the case with um, uh, Congresswoman Gabbard uh, attacking uh, Attorney General uh, Harris. Same thing with Gillenbrand attacking uh, yeah. uh, Biden. But uh, to leapfrog away from that, I just find Joe Biden uninspiring and worrisome. He is, to me, uh, I'm going to be 64 in a few days, and I already feel the Joe Biden effect. I should not be president of the United States. I lose my memory. I stammer. I'm not, I don't have as sharp a grasp of the facts as I used to. And I sure saw that on that stage. And the idea of him debating Donald Trump to me is terrifying. Yeah. Uh, both. Sorry. No, I, I totally, I totally agree with that. I actually share that. I texted with my dad saying that there are times where he looks tired. I thought he started the evening very strong and as it went on, it, he, he, he faltered a little bit. Um, to kind of to that same point you were talking about, Sarah, about being about having these attacks come up like, from so far back. What was most surprising to me was the criticism he faced um, from folks on the folks more left than him, uh, having to do with Obamacare and uh, <laughs> yeah. Obama's immigration record. Um, it was it was kind of funny that. You know, just four years from now, uh, uh, pretty much the Democrat or excuse me, not four years, about eight, nine years now on that. The Democrats were willing to drop one of the biggest, probably in the last 25 years, legislative victories um, that they've had uh, that the country's had in Obamacare. Um, it sounded like they were ready to, you know, first day folks were ready to start it up for Medicare for all or or, or basically gut Obamacare. So the. I think it's kind of hitting on this huge divide between what was considered liberal and democratic policy, even in 2012, 2014. And now um, the party has moved far, pretty far left. Uh, and that's, that's even coming from somebody like me that considers myself pretty liberal. So. Well, I'm sure many feel this uh, strong uh, moral obligation to enact these uh, policy changes immediately. Uh, or the least among us. Mm-hmm. But the reality is they need to get out and sit in a cafe with their fellow Americans and eavesdrop on independents and Republicans and learn how challenging and difficult it will be to sell these complex policy ideas mm-hmm. to Americans who typically all they hear is, oh my God, something free. How much is going to cost me in taxes? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And they none of them answer that question directly. I'm talking about Medicare for all. Will you raise my taxes? Yes, it's going to cost money. All these policy programs will cost money, but no one's being honest about what they will cost. Um, what they will cost. I did find myself shouting at the television when uh, Bill de Blasio, the mayor of New York, uh, talked about, you know, and we got free pre-K for everyone, and I'm a huge pre-K supporter, yeah. and I found myself yelling, no, it's not free. It's not free. <laughs> it's Stop not. saying that because it's not free, and it shouldn't be free, but it just sounds the same with the college. Yeah. It's, it, it opens them up, I think. It's a good soundbite, but it opens them up to 
doubts and kind of like, well, you're not really saying the whole truth. You know, there's there's that some some shadiness there. Yeah. Well, uh, to me, uh, all most of these policy ideas, the benefits justify the cost. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, America is, I think it's predominantly a conservative country. Michael Moore would argue with you on that. I'm not so sure. Because if that were the case, I doubt that Donald Trump would be president and the Senate would be occupied by Republicans. I'm not so positive that it's a conservative country. I think it is a a centrist country. Um, I think that, and I've said this a few times, I think most people don't even think about politics. I think that we're actually kind of the weirdos for going home and watching these two nights in a row. Uh, I talked about that a little bit with my dad as well, where he's like, the the most people were watching Love Island or The Bachelorette or whatever, uh, and that we're still yeah. really six to eight months out from it being right. the immediate concern of even nominal people that nominally pay attention to this sort of thing. Um, and so in that sense, I think there is a little bit, maybe there is a little more leeway for Democrats to kind of promise the farm right now. And uh, however, I think there are points in the last debate where they all rose their hands uh, saying that they agreed that, uh, yeah, sure, we'll, uh, we'll uh, Medicare for all will cover undocumented folks in the country. Um, there, So there are parts where they could shoot themselves in the foot and yeah. give Republicans, I think, talking points that they'll be able to lead up to for these next six months. But part of me thinks that this is, this is a, this is kind of all for show and I'm, I'm kind of here to enjoy it. But once December rolls around, I, I think we need to see no more than eight candidates. I'd like to see it probably down to six by that point. Cause there's about 10 of them that don't belong there. So right. what do you think about Andrew Yang? When I hear I give you a thousand dollars. When I when I hear that proscription, I I understand the logic he's applying, but I also recall how uh, Senator George McGovern from South Dakota ran on giving every uh, poor person in America a thousand dollars. He lost in a landslide to Richard Nixon. And a thousand dollars was a lot more money then. A thousand dollars was a lot more. Money that was like a thousand dollars then. But I gotta, we gotta admit, the issues he's bringing up are issues that policymakers will have to wrestle with, and I'm sure that his colleagues and friends in tech world get grasp and understand. But I think the general population, like myself, is oh, what? <laughs> Can I give you a thousand dollars, please? <laughs> I'll vote for that. Uh, I think both he, as much as I don't think he has a chance, I think both he and Marianne Williamson, though did hit on themes that most of the Democrats are not. Um, well, Marianne Williamson kind of does come off as new agey self-helpy. Um, there were some things about reparations and just about how Donald Trump got elected, how it really, it's not about plans. It's not about policy or anything like that. The Democrats need to learn that there's a deep appeal that he has uh, that goes beyond politics and if they don't acknowledge that, I think there is, like she said, I think they're in for a rude awakening. Yeah, that's that's very true. I, I went to uh, Marianne Williamson's uh, website. Mm-hmm. They asked me for a donation. I gave her two good vibes and a unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> you go, girl! <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
But I think you're right. They both, I mean, they were sort of like, um, like in, in theater, there's the, the voice off stage yes. kind of talking. They were the Roman choir. On yeah. The Greek yeah. yeah, the Greek yeah, chorus. The Greek yeah. chorus. Um, so I wanted to, uh, let's switch gears a little bit about, well, I guess it's actually another question. They, in the debates, they talked about race sort of obliquely, not really in a uh, in a way that brought it up as let's talk about race and how it affects you know this um, this election and mm-hmm. institutional racism. I mean, there were the big themes, but I don't know. There's so with with everything that Donald Trump is saying, and I just saw on the TV. Him, I guess, was being asked, he was being asked about what happens if the crowd starts chanting, send her back, send her back at some rally tonight. He's like, well, you know, I'm not in charge of that. Um, That was my paraphrasing. Um, That was a good Trump impression. Well, thank you. Uh, I mean, what do you think about the idea of race and how that plays into the election? Do you think that people... Calling Trump a racist, calling him out for what I think he is. Um, what does that? How does that come into play with voters? I will continue to to use the modifier "racist" before the president's name uh, at every opportunity, as I notice some of the Democratic candidates are uh, mm-hmm. are now doing, uh, in the hopes that, in spite of the right and the left being somewhat fixed in their position. Whereas the right will always say, not a racist bone in his body. He didn't mean it that way. <laughs> Least racist person ever. Yeah. And the left and myself are like, we're incensed. It's unbelievable what he's saying. But I just hope that if, if he's described as a racist sufficiently, that those independents in the middle it might have some effect on their decision making about supporting him. Mm. I think what the Democrats are missing when they when they bring up these these issues of race and um him being a sexist, um, just there, I mean, any yes you can pretty much throw out there. I think they need to to bring it up in like, yes, Donald Trump is a racist. What he said about Baltimore is wrong, and here's what I'm willing to do to help the people of Baltimore to A, B, and C. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess my my big thing is like it, it. There's times where Trump speaks up, and it's it's always for attention. Um, there are times where it, it's so egregious that it needs to be addressed. Um, but I think when, when that is addressed, the Democrats need to do their best in making it so that, hey, we're not just, you know, calling out people for Pivot. being right. Ra- yeah, we need to we need to call out people for racism. And here is it. Here's what we're going to do about it. Here's what we how, how we can make it better, how we can make an obviously an issue like Baltimore or something like that. Baltimore, I mean, there are parts of it that are, are beautiful, that are great, uh, and there are parts that are not so great. But the way pointing him out for using this sort of language, I think, still misses part part of part of the part of the plan, part of what could be um, could be implemented or could be used against him. Um, you know, just pointing out what he does wrong. I think people have become just so so. I guess like a, a, a what do I, I guess uh, exhausted yeah, exhausted by it. Yeah. 
that they just don't care. But if there's a solution tied to like, hey, here's what this idiot said, I'm I'm somebody that's going to come out and change that or talk with love or something like that. I wow, don't see the difference. Williamson, really yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I think there's something to Dark that. I think there is something to being positive, even in the face of this, like, terrible negativity. That's true. That's why I'm going to ride a pony on my boat in the lake. I feel better. Okay, love, love it. (laughs) So uh, that brings uh, us to a voicemail that I Mm -hmm. received. uh, Lucky. Yeah, last week about, uh, in reference to a column that I had written about how... Martha McSally and Kirsten Cinema, the two senators from Arizona, neither of whom bothered to rebuke or say that you shouldn't be racist when and after Trump um, basically told the the four congresswomen of color uh, to go back where they came from. Uh, so this is what this person had to say. Yeah, this is an opinion, but it's to you. Anyway, I read the article on Trump last week in the paper. He kind of bashed in, called it anything, sexist, racist, all that. And, you know, I know that's your opinion, and that's fine. But my opinion is that I think maybe you are sexist, racist, and you could even be deplorable. But, you know, that's my opinion. So uh, we'll leave it there. Thank you. Wow. That sounds like Governor Ducey's. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I did, we were talking about this briefly before we started recording about how when people call to leave insulting voicemails, they often don't know how to sign off. They're like, okay, well, and, and Edward, you had a really good sort of like, all right, have a good day. <laughs> like, uh, I just want to let you know that you're totally wrong, and uh, that's my opinion, but uh, yeah, go ahead and um, I love you and have a good day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> It's, you don't love me. I find it funny that he, with no evidence, uh, accused you of being a racist because you used your your skill, your observational skills, your five senses to uh, determine that Donald Trump, in his multiple tweets, uh, his history of uh, treating pe- uh, people of color like crap, um, that he's a racist. Um, I'm. I'm just so intrigued by this. If you call out racism, it's actually you're, you who are the racist kind of. Uh, School you know, ground bully defense. Yeah, it's very rubber meets yeah. glue sort yeah. of thing. That's what I am. What are you? Yeah. I don't smell. You do. I don't make trash. I burn it. I have no clue. He who smells it. Absolutely. I think what it's really kind of Zing. covering up to is that, hey, like these are beliefs that. I have and people around me have. So what do you mean racist? Um, I think that's what they, that's what they're saying when it's like, Hey, well, well, it's really you that's a racist because you noticed it. Um, hello, this is a country where there was slavery for 250 years and Jim Crow for an extra 120. Um, and, uh, President Ronald Reagan described. Oh yes. Um, so I, this like, hey, like racism's over, man. Obama, it, it's died. it's over. Um, it's really, I think, me all, uh, to me, just code for. Well, like these are really thoughts me and my buddies have always had forever. So, what do you mean we're racist? That's what I hear when I hear those sort of retorts. 
Do you have any good uh, feedback from from your time away? <laughs> Speaking of brutal assessments, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I think this week uh, I published a cartoon where I criticized the Democrats in the debate, uh, offering uh, free health care, uh, free college, uh, free daycare, free health care for uh, undocumented uh, immigrants. And uh, please, let's also free ourselves from the burden of thinking we might actually win in 2020. The donkey was really cute. Thank I you. I thought it was super cute. I loved a little fairy doggy with a tutu. That was, that was fun. Um, so uh, here's, the, here's the mail I got. My thoughts exactly. How depressing. Sent for my iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> free national defense. Free subsidies to fossil fuel industries. Free detention centers for brown skim asylum seekers. Free tax cuts for the rich. Yeah, that's your winning ticket. Ouch. Here's another one I liked. I think you stepped in it this time. That was succinct. Uh, followed by, one of your best ever. If only the people who should see it would see it. Signed Donald Trump. <laughs> uh, and the last one. Why don't you free yourself from any intelligent examination of the specific proposals? Reading is hard for you. Ouch. Very satisfying. None of them said, I love you. Goodbye. None of them. Well, it, it really just illustrates kind of our, our first conversation we were having about that divide, the conversation going on within yeah. the Democratic Party. Yeah. Um, I, I think this is going to be this is going to be a very interesting next six months to see how this plays out. It really is. And a, a character I'm watching is uh, the governor of Montana. Bullock. Bullock. Yeah. What did you think about him? I thought he was fascinating only because I was primed for it by uh, reading a op-ed piece by Sarah Val in The New York Times. who's one of my favorite progressive writers and historians. And she really likes him. And she was talking about his gift for getting things accomplished in a red state working with a Republican legislature. Mm. All the things that Democrats talked about on that stage in small ways and in baby steps, he was able uh, to accomplish. And I place my hopes in those leaders in the uh, Democratic Party. I think that the AOC wing is up to here with baby steps. And the, they I, are. Yeah, I don't... Good luck to them. <sighs> My heart is with them. You know, I'm... I won't be in the ramparts. <laughs> of all the, you know, um, of all the different matchups that we've been able to see uh, from the two debates so far, the one I'm still waiting to see is Joe Biden versus Bernie or Elizabeth or Warren. Warren. Um, I think you need to have those three. Those, to me, are the, the three. Those she are the three right now. Him. She will, but... She has spirit. She has oratory gifts. She's a wonderful teacher. Uh, her policy, uh, her wonkiness is uh, above bar. It, it's the best. I think I, there was a tweet that said that she is the best policy communicator in America right now, and I have to agree with that, for even, sure. Even now goes far to say it's inspiring. Yeah. But... Yeah, is she's got those those heavy pills people got to swallow. And Joe yeah. Biden is he's the comfy blanket. Oh, he's the, that's a, that's a good campaign slogan. Yeah, Joe <laughs> Biden, a comfy blanket. Yeah, he might he might fall asleep under it though. Sleepy Joe, yeah. where did that come from? Oh, hmm. all right. Well, with that, <laughs> we are going to uh, wrap up and thank you for 
joining us this fine podcast time. Uh, just as a reminder, everything we say is not necessarily the um, opinion of Lee Enterprises, which owns the star. So are you doing anything interesting this weekend, guys? Um, Not really. <laughs> wow. Bummer. We lead exciting lives. Yeah. Man. Uh, the last four or five weekends, I've actually spent at different pools around Tucson, different resorts. Uh, last weekend, I went up to Phoenix, went to the Sweet. Biltmore. But this one, I think I'm just going to clean my room. On so. land. Just, you're staying on land. Yeah, I'm, I'm staying. I'm landlocked on this one, landbound. Land hole. Sad. What about yourself? Yeah, a lot of good movies out. Uh, I'm going to be watching a, uh, a tape of myself over and over on my Facebook page. Uh, Bud Foster interviewed me about three weeks ago, and he put it up online. It's called Breakfast with Bud, in which he asked me a lot of interesting questions. And I gave him a lot of evasive, uninteresting answers. I recommend it. What kind of questions? Do you enjoy being hated? Actually, I do. It's sort of a very serious S&M issue. I've been to therapy for years. No help. No help. I like it. Whip me, beat me, hate me. Please. All right. So, uh, we'll end it there. We will. We will. Please let us know what you think Ow. about uh, what we're doing on the, on the podcast and on the opinion Ooh. pages. We'd like to... To hear from you at tucson.com slash opinion, you can send a <laughs> letter to the editor or a guest opinion piece, like or just feel free to chime in on whatever moves you. Look out for all of Fitz's columns, uh, cartoons, and then we'll be releasing a little bit of a take on e-scooters in Tucson this uh, week as yes. well. So yes. look out for that on Sunday. All right. And with that, we will talk to you soon. Bye. Later, folks.